enough to be where he is. He's he, I, I, I can't believe people even tried to say that you can't have him on your team if you're trying to win. Maybe it's the fact that those teams he was on, that he was a, allegedly a toxic player. Maybe he's the only one who wanted to win. Because in Minnesota, it seemed like um, a certain number one overall uh, pick in, for out of... Um, the, uh, certain number one overall pick who's not on the team anymore uh, kind of was the problem there. He didn't want to win. He was la- he's lazy. He's a that, that was the issue the entire time in Minnesota. It, it didn't seem like the work ethic was to the level of Jimmy Butler's work ethic. It's why Tom Thibodeau didn't work out there. It, it's why Jimmy Butler didn't work out there. Jimmy Butler has been the kind of player his entire career who needs guys to work hard around him or else he's not going to succeed. He's going to get upset with it and he's not going to be able to succeed on that team. Jimmy Butler this year has guys who are working hard around him, and we're seeing success on a team level and on an individual level from Jimmy Butler. The, the type of success we haven't seen, well, we've seen some success, a lot of success from Jimmy Butler in his career, but I think he's reaching peak Jimmy Butler performance this year, especially in the NBA playoffs. I mean, we saw it last night. I don't think he's played a better game in his career as of last night. And we're seeing peak Jimmy Butler performance right now because he has the pieces around him that are working just as hard. And he doesn't have to push the guys around him as much as he would have had to in Minnesota. And guess what? He tried to push them, and they weren't responding well to that pushing. And the Minnesota Timberwolves experiment was a fail with Jimmy Butler there. Yep. Uh, here's the thing about Jimmy Butler. He it was the first 40-point finals game without a three-point attempt since Shaquille O'Neal in 2002, and I'm pretty sure you know why he didn't attempt one. Jimmy Butler doesn't need to attempt a three. He's not that great of it. He's not really a good three-point shooter. He's okay, but like we know Jimmy Butler does way better. is way more than that. He's 100%. The, yeah, he's the only player to ever outscore, out-rebound, and out-assist, and out-assist, out-assist LeBron James in a finals game, including really? his own teammates. Never in any time LeBron's played in the finals, and he's played like what fifty-one games now. That's the only time ever he's That's ever been out rebounded. That's a crazy stat. Out assisted and out scored. That basically makes it sound like it's one of the only times that LeBron James wasn't one of the best players wasn't, in. Literally, wasn't that the game. best player on the floor, court. Exactly, and by a dominant performance. Because I'd argue there's times where LeBron James hasn't been the best player on the court when he's played in NBA Finals before, just in specific games, not overall. For example, I think there's times when Steph Curry would have outplayed LeBron James in Finals games. There were a couple games where Kyrie Irving was the most important player for the Cavaliers. Maybe not the most important. I don't think the most important is the right way to put it, but was better for the Cleveland Cavaliers in certain games. I think he's been outplayed before, but it, never to this level where somebody's beat him in every it's, statistical category. It's never category. to be where he is like clearly like there's clearly the second clearly guy on the, the court, which which is kind of wet. It's kind of a testament to LeBron that way. But also, we're we're 100%. focusing on Jimmy. We're on Jimmy G buckets here, and the G stands Jimmy for guests. Jimmy deserves it because Jimmy has not gotten the credit he deserves throughout his career. He's been called a cancer. He's been called toxic. And look, I'm so happy he's found his home, his the a place where he thrives. Like this team. This team is a. These guys will not go down without a fight. One hundred percent. They're dogs. They're this series hungry. is they, far from over. They're dogs. They want it. They are hungry. They. There's not a single team in the NBA with more fight, guts, or pure drive than these guys have had all season. Not one. They're constantly counted out, doubted, diminished. Beginning of the year, they were t- plus the six thousand to win it all. I remember. I, I heard people saying, "Oh, they're not going to be that good. They're going to be okay. Maybe they'll make the playoffs as an eighth seed or yada yada yada." If you thought that, I hope you are eating your words right now. Actually, you should be. You are eating them. 
So, no. And nobody on this, and nobody, like, of the, of the like, the main counting stats, points, assists, rebounds, and all, not a single one of these players on this team, on the Heat team are leading every other, are in the lead for that overall. Like, every other, like, LeBron's leading in, like, LeBron or AD, they're leading in certain stats. They're, if you look at all the players in the playoffs this year, there is no Heat player at the top for the points, assists, rebounds, because they are just that balanced. It's a balanced team. It's a complete team. And Adam, you said people are eating their words right now. Well, I'm not going to eat my words yeah, right now. Not, I'm going to pat genius. myself on the back. I've done it twice in a row. And I'm going to play back a clip that from February when we were talking. It was one of the last times we were on air um, before we had to leave the station because of COVID-19 and before everything got delayed in the NBA season. But this was a clip from earlier in the year when me and Adam were talking in February about the Miami Heat. I'm going to play that back for you guys real quick because I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back here. genius. I feel like I deserve this one. Take the wins when you can get them. Let's listen in to what I said in February and what Adam said in February as well. Let's talk about the top of that Eastern Conference. Ben said the Bucks are the team to beat in the entire NBA right now. He said they're going to come out of the East. He's right. I'm saying the Miami Heat are going to come out of the Eastern Conference. That's my bold prediction for the NBA for the second half of the year. Miami Heat come out of the Eastern Conference and take the finals to seven games versus whoever they're up against. The Miami Heat have gotten basically the same type of player at every position, and it balances really well. Damn. Yeah, that's all we need to hear about from that. I one. was wrong then, but in July, I, yeah, I, you 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 I retracted around, your words. You came around on the Miami. I came Heat. around before the bubble yep, started. 100%. I mean, you can, I mean, I could go back and look I can at my attest text. to that. You did do that. I can literally go back and look at my text. It might take a minute. No, but at, at you one hundred percent. Once the bubble started, you Even were before, on the heat train because Even, I looked yep. at it and I'm like, this team. I, I looked at the games beforehand, and the Heat are just. I mean, they have everything they could have needed to guard Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, that's what, they built a similar team all around. They they built a team with two-way guys. They got their shooters to space the floor a little bit for Jimmy Butler. And you were talking about how Jimmy Butler isn't a great three-point shooter. Throughout his career, he's been about a 33% three-point shooter. This year, he wasn't there three-point-wise. That was his biggest flaw, and that's why people kind of discounted the Miami Heat. He shot 24% from three this year. When his career percentage was 33%. I think that was a fluke that he wasn't shooting well throughout the year. And I I think, Adam, you can probably agree with this just based on the amount of times we've seen Jimmy Butler play. I think that was a definite fluke that Jimmy Butler only shot 24% from three. You can't tell me one of the hardest working players in the league suddenly let his shot fade and didn't work on his shot over the summer or something like that. And Jimmy Butler wasn't shooting well. He's still a 33% three-point shooter, which isn't great, but it's not terrible either. In the playoffs right now, he's shooting 37% from deep. That's which, not bad. Which isn't bad. It's not great, but it's, it's not bad. It's pretty good, it's, honestly. It's, 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 it's a decent three-point percentage, and it's certainly better than 24%. And I think that's the difference there, because we saw Jimmy Butler not shooting well in the regular season. And then we gave him a two-month break to go out and work on his three-ball. And then we saw a natural regression as well to the mean, where Jimmy Butler, realistically, his true percentage for three-point shooting, the most realistic outcome would be a 33%, as he's done throughout his long career. And now we're seeing him at 37%, bringing that 24% more back to the mean. And that's why I think Jimmy Butler at this point is one of the most dangerous players in basketball. Before, I was looking at some analytics. This is the Analytics Association, so we love to look at some analytics. 
I was looking at 538, uh, their website that goes through a bunch of numbers, looks at a bunch of different analytics. Uh, they predict everything from sports to the election. They're all over the place. But they were looking at analytics for the NBA, and they have their Raptor ratings, named after the Toronto Raptors because the ratings predicted the Toronto Raptors to beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals when a lot of people weren't predicting that. So they aptly named it the Raptor ratings because it correctly predicted that. It stands for the Robust Algorithm Player Tracking and On-Slash-Off Ratings. It's a play-by-play type of rating. looks for things that team values, such as spacing, defense, Things like that. It's just things you wouldn't normally look at. It's more less box score, less stats, more what's actually going on on the court. What do teams value? Let's make that a numerical value and throw it in there. Jimmy Butler ranked ninth this year, and that's so important. You may say, okay, we're seeing he's a top 10 player, but let's keep in mind that he ranked ninth when he was only shooting the three ball at 24%. Yep. Add 13% to that, to that percentage right there. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's a scary player. That was a fun, that was an interesting noise. Yeah, well, it should be interesting because Jimmy Butler turned into a really interesting player. Jimmy Butler's a goat. Okay, yeah. So I'm looking at a, a, a group chat I got with some friends from home, and I and and I, I retracted my statement in. Uh, what is this? July, whatever. July 22nd ish. I said Heat are my sleeper, and I there you I, go. I said the Heat will beat the Bucks. I think the Heat are the biggest threat to the Bucks because of what they got. Like, there's the thing. They're not, like I was saying, they're a balanced team. Mm-hmm. They're so balanced. And Eric Spolstra is an underrated head coach, to me at least. And I just think with what he's done with that team, uh, I, that team is so good. Yeah. So good. They're just always in game. They're almost always in games, it feels like, except for a few times this series because they've been hurt. I, I mean, let's be That's real. That's fair to say. Bam Adebayo might come back but in game yeah, four. They just they're teasing up- it. They just upgraded him to questionable instead wow. of doubtful. Woo. Interesting. If Bam Adebayo comes back, that's a nice little matchup there to match him up with Anthony Davis. I don't know if he'll be able to contain him. Nobody mm-hmm. can contain Anthony Davis, then, but it's better than what yeah. they, they've got right now. And then back to Butler. We're, yep. I was, uh, he had a, In his post-game interview with Rachel Nichols, he was asked, this is like the best she was asking, this is like the best game of your career, and he's like something, I don't care. That, that I'm just glad we got the win. I like. He doesn't care about what his totals are. He could score zero points, and he would win. He'd, if they win, he'll be happy. Yeah, I would agree with that. And let's talk about giving Jimmy Butler an edge. Watching the last dance, when we saw with Michael Jordan, he looked for everything that he could grab as an edge. If one player said something funny to him or, or something he didn't like, the smallest minutia in the game of things that he didn't like, he would hold that against the player that did it, and he'd use it as an edge, a competitive edge, as his motivation to beat that team. Because, you know, when you're winning as much as you do as Michael Jordan, I guess you have to look for little minutia to try to win championships. But obviously it worked, and he had that competitive edge, and he wanted to win more than anybody else. Jimmy Butler, who's already known as one of the hardest workers and toughest players to go against at this point, somebody who's already super competitive, hyper-competitive, one of those guys that you know has those edges. He was told by LeBron James in the first quarter, according to Butler, this is what he said in his presser, that LeBron James told him, you're in trouble, talking about the Miami Heat. Yikes. That's a mistake by LeBron, I think. Because then Jimmy Butler says after the game, after they win, that they're in trouble, referring to the Los Angeles Lakers. Going back and forth, back and forth, Jimmy says, I wasn't smack talking, just a smack talk. It's because LeBron told me that. 
And now guess what? Jimmy Butler might just have that edge because guess what? He put a, up a great game in game and that three. Was per- and it was personal to me. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Jimmy Butler, like, you, dude, he's so good. I mean, guys, <laughs> he's so good. I can't say anything else about it. He's just so good. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, he said, what Eric Spolster was quoted as saying, how else do you say it but Jimmy explicit of Butler? That's what he said last night. And the thing was, and I was saying earlier, Jimmy was taught when he was asked about that triple double, he was said, Jimmy Butler added this win. I don't care about a triple double. I don't care about any of that. I really don't. I want to win. We did that. I'm happy with the outcome. Yeah. And looking at Jimmy Butler, Adam, we, we were texting back and forth before the show. And I said, what if we made our show all about Jimmy Butler? We'll get to some football later. So it's not going to be all about Jimmy Butler. And and a tiny bit of baseball. Tiny bit of baseball. We're going to see if there's a couple teams here that might need to start their rebuilding processes in in one individual team that Adam has some strong opinions on. But sticking with Jimmy Butler, I texted you before the show. I said, should we make our show all about Jimmy Butler? And you said, yeah, 100%. We can do that. I'm down. And I said, all right. And you said... So should we just talk about his career and stuff? And I'm thinking, 100%, let's talk about Jimmy Butler's career because it's a saga. Looking at Jimmy Butler, he started off in Tom Ball, Texas, and he has a very similar story to, if you've seen the movie Blind Side, he has a very similar a st- story to that where, where he was homeless on the street, was taken in, uh, started at junior college, wasn't even recruited highly out of high school, started at junior college before he went to Marquette, recruited by Buzz Williams, grew there a little bit at Marquette, and then was drafted in the late first round by the Chicago Bulls. Jimmy Butler is a guy that's worked for everything throughout his entire basketball career. Had to work to get to Marquette, had to work to get to the NBA. And that Marquette squad that was under Buzz Williams produced a bunch of really similar type of players. Wesley Matthews, um, he was uh, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler. They produced a bunch of similar players archetypes of players slashers wings who could shoot the three ball pretty decently well and played really good defense and worked really hard to get there uh, jimmy butler is basically the headliner uh, of those the, those marquette classes from the 2010s ish and he's come in and he's been absolutely fantastic because he's continued to work for it throughout his career got limited minutes with the bulls to start it off worked under tom thibodeau loved tom thibodeau because he pushed him and now he's getting pushed again by the Miami Heat and the players around him, and that's what's made him so great. Yeah, and when you, he was, I, if you watch Hot Ones, by the way, really good, really fun. Jimmy Butler was on it, I believe, last year. So he's talking about players who really helped him in his young career, mm-hmm. and one of them, Rip Hamilton. He said that yeah. was he's the absolute best, telling me he's like, "How are you doing?" And then good, and then all right, and then he all the then he says this quote: "Not that the people part is out." He was on some of this, then calls him out, and says. Taught him really how to be tough. And here's the thing with him and LeBron this year. I mean, the playoffs, I do want to go to that again quickly. Yeah. They have history. They've played they in the do. playoffs before. I mean, remember, mm-hmm. I feel like, wasn't what series was it where he played all 48 minutes of all game, every game? I'm not 100% sure what series that is, but I'm sure it's when he was with the Bulls going up against LeBron. Uh, I believe, would make the yes. most sense. He played in, in 20, it, it was 2013 Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler played 48 minutes in three consecutive games. Three. Three, three, three consecutive games. That's crazy. That's Tom Thibodeau. But, but honestly, like, Jimmy Butler, like, he, like you were saying, came from Juco. And the thing about when you're in Juco, you've got to, like, it's, you're, it's, you can't pass that ball, really. 
Because you just had to prove to, you can't. If you pass that ball, you might never get never get it back. That is exactly what Jimmy Butler was saying. You might never get it back. You have to just you just got to go. You have to you have to be all about yourself there because if you don't if you give up the ball and you don't get it back, who knows if you're ever going to get offers. He had to go be a, be a dog. Yep. Yeah, he he had to do that. And speaking of that history with LeBron James and Jimmy Butler, go back to the Bulls when the Bulls couldn't get past the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers teams. And Jimmy Butler was the guy who had to go up against LeBron James on those teams. They also had Lou Aldane at points in those runs. Go back to 2015 when LeBron James hit a buzzer beater that kind of swayed the series completely over Jimmy Butler when they were playing the Chicago Bulls. It was the same series where Derrick Rose banked in a shot off the backboard and it went in against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then LeBron James in 2015 came right back at him and hit hit a three in Jimmy Butler's face that kind of swayed the series. There is definitely a little bit of tension there, as there should be. I was bringing this up last week when I was with Ben, when, Adam, you weren't you weren't here. We were saying that Jimmy Butler and LeBron James, looking at the all-time series, LeBron James has dominated the matchups. Like, just wins-losses, looking at purely wins-losses for the teams that Jimmy Butler's played on, for the teams that LeBron James have played on. But in the regular season, they were 500 against each other. This is a good competitive matchup, and LeBron James has dominated the playoffs. Jimmy Butler's dominated the regular season, and these are two guys who are really competitive, one of the best of all time versus a guy who's now entering, getting a little bit older in Jimmy Butler, and this might be his time to really make his mark and prove himself. Yeah, and one quick thing about last week when you were Ben, I was uh, so I was um, uh, celebrating the hol- uh, high holidays. Um, I do believe LeBron is the GOAT, by the way. Yes, ben. that was a conversation we had. Yeah, I you were listening, like, you were texting uh, me in, and you're like, yep. I'm like, yep. I'm like <laughs> I was out of service. I was in a break between services, and I was like, hold up. You don't Wait think- a second. I'm like, I got to make sure they know that I do agree. Which but- is crazy, because you're a big Chicago guy, Adam. I would think you'd be a Michael Jordan. Guy. I'd peg you for that. I'm a big sports guy, though. You're a big sports guy, and that's, I don't I know. And like- you're sitting here wearing a Blackhawks jersey. I'm just, I'm. It surprises me that you wouldn't go with the guy from Chicago and Michael Jordan. Hey, if I gotta, I try. I I will. I will never deny the fact that I have some slight. But I have bias. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, everyone does. And if you're, if you claim not to, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Sorry, that's just true. But there's time. I I will try. I will try and use bias again. Uh, but also be objective. And I do believe LeBron has done more. Like. I mean, Ten, I mean, three and six. You would be crying. You would be glad. Any human being would be glad to be three and six in the finals. Yeah. Let's be honest yep. here. That's true. That's ten. That means you made nine. You know what's better than three and six? Three and seven. Six and L. In the yeah. finals. Yeah. 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 I know. It's the argument that goes Let, back. Let's and forth. be honest here, though. Um, um, I mean, people are like, "Oh, LeBron had all this help." Let's not act like Scottie Pippen isn't one of the best players ever. Not a top, maybe not mm-hmm. like top ten, not definitely not top ten, maybe not top twenty, but still he's out there. I would agree with player. that. I would agree with that. One hundred percent. Let's not act like Scottie Pippen's not a fantastic player, and he had one of the best coaches all all time yeah. coaching him. Like, like let's 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 appreciate what both did and what both will like have done. And LeBron's going to be the all time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. He's going to have forty thousand points, ten thousand assists, and rebounds each. For yep. sure, I don't know if I think he might be close to assists if he doesn't already have it. But 
Back to Butler. Back to Butler. Let's talk Butler. about this Heat Lakers series in general again because that's what that's what really matters. That's what matters to Jimmy Butler. Who's going to win the series? Oh yeah, baby. Let's go. I'm talking about who's going to win the series. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're laughing at there, Adam. I thought you were saying the Heat are going to win the no, series. No, that's not what I was saying. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what Heat you're saying. I was going to. That, that was about to be my question. Heat and seven. Is, was that a fluke or is this legit? Let's say Bam Adebayo still out. Let's say Bam Adebayo can't play for the next two games. Let's say Goran Dragic is definitely out. Do the Heat still have a chance? I know they won one game. Can they repeat that performance? Can they Jimmy won. Butler repeat that performance every night and do that for the Miami Heat? Because I'm not he sure has. he can. I don't think he has to. Really? Why? Why would? Why does he? Ha- I don't think he has to. Okay. You think the Heat still 100% have a chance in this series? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you're playing, you're right. it's two-one. Yeah, it's I would agree with. I, I think. I'm just playing devil's advocate with you because I think that he definitely still have a chance in this series. Like here, I'm looking at this uh, TPA. It's, it's kind of not like well, very well known. I'm just learning about it myself. It's uh, total points added, so it's based off of offensive points added, which has made adjusting OP offensive box plus minus based on the numbers the player's possession has, number of possessions the player has, and then defensive points saved, which. Add is added to offensive points added, so that's similar. It's like derived from a similar adjustment, but for defensive box plus minus. And then that add those two together, and you the the uh, numbers that they create, and it adds total points added. So you've got the top two players from this regular season, LeBron and AD. Those are the top two for the. When you just look at the Lakers and the Heat, top two there. But then the next two are Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Then it's Javale McGee. And the next four are all Miami Heat players. Like so, here's the thing: the Heat might not have the best two players in the series, yep. but it looks to me like they have the overall the better, more deep roster. Yeah, and I think that was probably the consensus coming into the series as well. And I would agree with you, Adam. I think they do have a deeper roster. The Heat, the Heat don't have as big of a names as the Los Angeles Lakers do. Looking at roster wise, I mean, Dwight Howard's still a huge name. Uh, J.R. Smith coming off the bench. Alex Caruso gets a lot of attention online. Uh, for various reasons, he's still a pretty good player. The Lakers do have a ton of attention going towards their bench, but the Heat overall, from one to five, from one to six, from one to seven, I think probably do match up pretty well with the Los Angeles Lakers, and I would agree with you there, one hundred percent. Yeah. All right. I think we may have exhausted all of our Jimmy Butler talk. False. False. We have more Jimmy Butler well, talk. We have more Heat talk in general. All right, let's talk more we'll talk about, about Tyler Hero. When let's he go, talk about Tyler Hero. Only Tyler Hero can go six for eighteen and then have an uh, one ice the game with a, li- a layup and then <laughs> just have the the mean the mug the snarl. Tyler Hero, I made that awesome. F- I, that mug, love beca- that guy. With iOS fourteen, you can make uh, new group chat photos. With when that photo came, I'm like, yep, this is it. I immediately made my group <laughs> chat from home. Uh, that photo, I'm like you're going to deal with it and you're not going to argue with me because I am going to leave it like this and you cannot change it. Tyler Hero is the type of guy who earlier in the season when the Heat were down by two points would would he would steal it. They dribbled down the court. Jimmy Butler poked it out. It was a play against the 76ers. It was yes, awesome. I you look I, this up like, if you haven't seen it before. And, and Tyler Hero grabs the ball, has an open lane for the layup. Heat are down by two. And instead, he takes two dribbles out at the end of the game, shoots a three, drains it, because, you know, it's Tyler Hero and he's clutch. That's what he does. Drains the three. As a rookie, 
that's the type of play he's making. Tyler Hero is awesome. He, he's got that clutch gene 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to hit numerous big shots in his career, and now he's doing it at the biggest stage right and now. He's, and then he just shied so much. He's like pointing at his chest and I can do this. I got this. This team, like I said, they're dogs. They're hungry. They're so deep and balanced. They're not about one guy. It's not like... No, not at all. It's not like the Houston Rockets <laughs> where it's mostly one dude or two dudes or like... It's, it's it's everybody. It's like the quote when Jimmy Butler was talking earlier in the year, and the reporter asks him, "How does it feel being the one super?" I'm pra- paraphrasing here, but it was to the tune of, "How does it feel being the one superstar on the team?" And Jimmy Butler goes, "Who's the superstar?" Bam, talking about Bam Adebayo, who's probably generally regarded as the second best player on that team, who was an All Star this year. But that's a team dynamic right there. Because Jimmy Butler doesn't think he's the super superstar. Well, he might, he might think that, but he doesn't openly portray it. It's a team dynamic where everybody is contributing 100%, and everybody thinks they can be the guy at the end of the game, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. They all have that confidence. And, and the thing with them is that Butler, or just in general, like, the, the, you should watch. You can. They love it. Those guys are all happy together. They enjoy playing together. There's mm-hmm. a. Yep. I think it might have been before the season start. Originally, before the season started, um, slam uh, NBA on YouTube. They do these things called point them out, or so it's like point at this player if it holds true to them. So it's like a bunch of teammates. I think it was Celtics did it. Mm-hmm. With the Pelicans, Raptors. Who else did it? Rat. Um, uh, a couple other teams, I believe. And then the Heat did it, which is oh, my favorite one. It's really funny. It's Butler, Hero, and Bam. Yep. They are having. They had so much fun. They have so much team chemistry already, and um, it was hilarious. I mean, one of them was like, um, "Who's most likely to slide into uh, South Beach on a, at night?" And he's like, and Bam points to Tyler, and then he's like, "He's like he's not, and Jimmy's like he's nineteen. He can't go anywhere." See, these guys are having fun with each other. They yep. love each other. It's just. They enjoy each other's company, which that helps a lot with teams. And with 100%. you got a coach like Eric Spolstra. He's done it before. He's brought teams hey, together la- before. The last time a Marquette guard was the leader of a uh, <laughs> Miami Heat team down 2 nothing in the finals, that Marquette guard decided to just go off in Game 3 and for the rest of the series and won it. Can you can you name that other Marquette guard? Was it? Hmm, who are good players from Marquette? Could it be Steve Novak? No, I'm kidding. It's Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. Wade, baby. Also, 100%. former Chicago Bull. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. First let's, not, let's not even talk about that one. He's a former Miami Heat, and that's it. We yeah. don't talk about the other times. Well, he wasn't bad with the Bulls, though. Okay, but he's if not If Rondo Bulls. doesn't get hurt, the Bulls might have beat that Celtics okay, team. Okay, but he's not a Bulls. Throwing it back we, to that, if we, we're going to go way off topic. He's not a Bulls player. He's a, he's a, he's a yeah, Heat player. I would agree with that 100%. No one remembers him for playing for the Bulls. No. So now, have we exhausted our Jimmy Butler conversation, Adam? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, probably. All right, we got one clip. This is a song I showed Adam. We got to play this one clip before I go because I think it is a fantastic song and it is hilarious. We're just oh, going to play like five seconds gosh. from it because we were going to use this as our intro, but we're actually, we've decided we're not going to go to break at all during this show. We're just going to talk through our full hour because we've got so much to talk about. So we're going to do it right here. Just listen to this clip. Listen to this song. It's fantastic. Froggy Fresh. It went viral a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm talking about that man, Jimmy Butler. Put your weapon on the camera. Some twisters. I ain't gonna 
So there was that. I had to play it. Me and Adam were talking about it earlier. It's a song for you. I love the song. It's fantastic. Talks about the Chicago Bulls and being from Chicago. That was a team I grew up watching. That the might team be they're the talking worst about. thing I've ever heard. That might be the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard or watched. And I watched the Cubs this po- this season. Yeah. If you're looking for that full song, uh, Froggy don't, Fresh, don't full don't, video don't, on YouTube. Please um, don't. It's interesting. Don't. It's a cool song. It went viral it. a few years ago. You probably might recognize it. We'll see. If you if you know the song, yeah, you just got dunked on. Like you probably heard that one as well. Also went viral a few years ago. They do the same song. They make some interesting videos over there, but they're funny and they're awesome and I like it a lot. Okay, that's enough basketball talk because we just ended on that song. Jimmy Butler is your father. That's okay. So. Relevant today. That was the top comment on the video, that that song is relevant today. It's going to be stuck in your heads because it's stuck in my heads all the time. Nope, and I, I talk refuse. about this video way too much. And Adam's just got his – when I played it, just put his face in his palm and was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on right now? It's disappointed. Disappointed. It's okay. So. Let's move on. Speaking of – so MLB. Yeah, let's talk about that. I just saw this, actually. Um, Cardinals – uh, Adam Wainwright will be on the FS1 booth. That's interesting, actually. Oh, that's kind of cool. Boot. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Cardinals and booing because rivals, the Cubs, they, I'm, I'm going to flat out say they sucked. Wow. They're po- they, they weren't good. They're a fluke of an offensive team. They were the worst offense in baseball in September by OPS. Or Sorry, the, the second worst. To the, the, the only team worse was the Tigers. Their OPS in September was 645. They were like 10th worst in baseball this year. They, they were like 22nd ranked maybe mm-hmm. uh, in baseball or whatever. I, I don't even remember what, where they were. Um, yeah. they, they, they were awful. Just plain awful. So, so let's look at what this means for every single team in baseball going forward. Because we're not just going to talk about the Cubs just to talk about the Cubs, because this means a lot for the league that the Cubs lost this early in the playoffs. So not this season, not this offseason, but the offseason after that, the Cubs have four pretty significant free agents. Kyle Schwarber. Soon. Javier Baez. Yeah, this is for the 2021 offseason. Kyle Schwarber, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo are all due to be free agents. By that point, realistically, the Cubs can probably only keep two of them, three of them at the most. It's going to be unlikely that they're able to keep all four of those guys on their roster. That means there's going to be a pretty significant mover out of that Cubs offense. And now the pitching's going down a little bit as well. John Lester will probably be a free agent this year, assuming the Cubs won't pick up his very expensive option. Jose Quintana, Tyler Chatwood, all hitting the market. That's this offseason, and then we're, we're still, we still have another year of seeing those guys on the Cubbies, the Schwarber, Baez, Brian, and Rizzo, but they've got one more year left on their deals before they hit the open market. So with those guys, I mean, how does do the Cubs blow it up? That, that's my question please, for you, Adam. Please, please do it. I'm so sick and tired of watching for the last four years now, um, since 2017, after the World Series, these guys just suck. In the mm-hmm. playoffs, or yeah. when it comes to the playoffs, let's let's talk about that. Um, since I, I can't remember the exact number, I've got a photo on my phone. Let me quickly check that just to just to get the exact number. Might be uh, where is it? Here it is. Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo since the playoffs in 2016. 
19 for like 142 or 141, 51 strikeouts. Since 2016 World Series, that's Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo. Those are your three cornerstones. That's a joke. An absolute joke. And let's see. They they said, oh, they don't have enough money this offseason to fix it, anything. We couldn't bring back Castellanos. That's a lie. You know they have the money. Is it, though? Come on. Tom Ricketts is worth... There's no salary cap in baseball. I, I know that. There were, Tom Ricketts but is worth, like... But they have to plan to pay either Brian, Baez, Schwarber, or Rizzo... La, La, here's the who thing would you rather Le- have, Castellanos or, or one of those guys? Here's the thing, but here's the thing with that. Lester's off the books. They're not going to pick his option up. It's no. $25 million. Chatwood's off. Quintana would be off now. So that's – I've got to check the numbers exactly. But Chatwood was $9 million a year. Well, yeah, but you also have to fill a rotation after that. Assuming they've got Quintana Braylon Ch- Marquez. They, they, they've got uh, – not Braylon. Braylon was struggling in his only appearance. Uh, Adbert Alzoy looked decent this year. So then you've got him, Hendricks, and Darvish, who was unbelievable this year. I gotta feel bad. And you'll have Alec Mills, assuming he sticks around. So you got four there. You got the over the worst. If you're trusting Asley as your fourth starter, you could put him as a fifth. And you're trusting Mills as your third. I guess you'll you fourth, and you have to sign a three guy. If you get Lester for a cheaper amount, he's not gonna want that much. He might want seven at most, maybe. Unless he hangs it up. I don't, think he's he, done. I don't think he hangs it up. Why not? Uh, I just don't think he does. I just think he wants to have one more year with this team, at least because the fact that he wanted to be his farewell to be in front of the fans. And I think we I saw think that. That's a lot. I, I think that could happen. So that's your rotation. It's okay. But then here's the thing. you've got, like, With all those contracts off the books, and then you've got – and that's not even done. Like Kim, okay, Kimbrell, okay, I was happy when we signed him, but I did not realize he would be this bad. Except he was good. Actually, people will refuse to acknowledge the fact that he was actually pretty decent the last few weeks month, weeks of the season. And actually, the Cubs' bullpen was pretty decent the last few weeks as well. Um, I will give credit. I loved the Jeremy Jeffers signing when it happened and that he proved to be very good. Mm-hmm. Pretty reliable. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, let's see. Bryant was awful this year. Baez was the worst hitter in all of baseball this year. Legit. Like, yeah. if you look, uh, I prefer WRC+, plus, but if you look at OPS+, plus, of all players with at least 200 at-bats or plate appearances, Javier Baez was the lowest OPS+, plus in all of Major League Baseball, or as Foolish Baseball will call it, he Mathist. If you guys don't know what that's referring to, Jeff Mathis, who's a beast, uh, we love him. Uh, look up Foolish Baseball's video on Jeff Mathis. He'll explain. He can explain that. It's really good. It's actually really good. And his all of that, all of his um, videos are really awesome. But in general, yeah, Javier Baez was terrible this year. Rizzo was like okay. He wasn't a horrible, but like he was not good. Contreras got better a little late, but like not not really great. Schwarber was bad, and I'm not even. I know average isn't the best stat. We, we like to use the advanced stuff, but seriously, several years in a row, this team has choked or just been terrible. The only reason they were the winners of this division is because their pitching was so great, and then besides that, just the offense was able to half the time be decent enough to win games. Yeah. But then when they were, the other teams in the division were just bad. Yeah, and you're talking about Kyle Schwarber. You said batting averages and everything. He hit 188 this year with a 301, 308 on-base percentage. 
and 11 home runs. So overall, not a huge year. Not even close to a huge year. I'm a pretty honestly, bad year for Kyle Schwarber. He was he had a negative war this year. I'm negative honestly, 0.2. I'm honestly impressed that he had it above 300 on base percentage with that batting average. Yeah. That, that, uh, he's got patience. He's yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm I'm serious. This I'm like sick and tired of them just blowing it all, blowing it all, and saying, "Oh, we're gonna be fine next year," and then just doing nothing and just choking it away and just being awful. Awesome. I would rather them blow it up. Just blow it up. Like you don't have to be terrible. You don't have to like start a full rebuild. But if you trade, get some decent prospects. I still think you can get good value for Chris Bryant and Javier Baez. There was talks last year, rumors going around of Chris Bryant and Chris Bryant for Nolan Arenado being a straight up switch. If That's... the Cubs had done that, that would have been very good for them. Obviously, you can predict what was happening. Well, Chris Bryant happen, means a ton no. for that franchise. I don't think at this point, no, with one year left to Bryant and what he did this year, I don't think that happens at this point. I don't know if that was a legit deal that was even going to happen. It was yeah, just it rumors that was thrown was out there. Funny. But no, I would rather than blow it up and just say, I would rather than just do, instead of doing some minor mediocre mm-hmm. moves to make them okay, I would rather just give a darn and start yeah. actually making real change in this organization, this team. Theo Epstein's also probably not coming back. That's That's what's going around right now. Theo Epstein has been talking to reporters about a possible transition period. It could happen in the next 12 months. Could happen sooner. Could actually. it be sooner? A lot of question marks there on whether Theo Epstein is going to come back. He said he is still ingrained in this Cubs team and still a part of it. So it'll be interesting to see if Theo Epstein is able to come back. Well, let's talk about some baseball that's actually playing right now, though. The Cubbies are an interesting situation. What they do, how they blow that up, how they trade away those guys, because obviously Chris Bryant's a former MVP. Anthony Rizzo's a fantastic first baseman, an all-star caliber first baseman year to year. Baez and Schwarber are very important. If they blow it up, it it could have some effects next year for Major League Baseball. We still have some playoffs to go this year. Blake Snell and Garrett Cole are going up against each other tonight, Adam. I'm so excited to watch that game. A fantastic pitching matchup for New York versus Tampa Bay. Right now, the Astros and the Athletics are playing uh, some great series. 4-3 right now. Athletics lead the Astros. Just to give you an update on that one, it's in the fourth inning. Some really good baseball games still left to be played. That should be a fun one. It should. With the Yankees. I mean, we thought the, okay, well, we thought the Garrett Cole matchup with the Shane Bieber was going to be good, but that ended up being a nightmare. Yeah. But that's an interesting one. What should Cleveland do right now? Cleveland? What should the Indians do? That's a great question. I think they if they don't, I don't re- know. they need to just trade Lindor or, or re-sign him. That's it. That there's no if. I mean, it comes what. down to that. that. That's their superstar right there. That's you cannot let him out. walk. If you let him, if you don't re-sign him, then he has to be traded no matter what. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because you'll get a ton of value. I still think he is overall the best shortstop in baseball, just because I, we know what Tatis has done this year. He cooled off a lot, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that um, Francisco Lindor hasn't done anything to show that he isn't still up there. Yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Enough baseball, because yesterday was awesome in terms of football. So, okay, Adam's rolling his eyes. No, we'll, I mean, not it, was, sure it, was really, it was really good. It was a good day The Bears football. were terrible. We've seen but, some like, good days play calling was bad, but let's talk about that. I, ta- ta- Tampa Bay was actually finally do, doing something. But, Five touchdowns yesterday for but, Tom Brady. And Justin Herbert was very good, too. We yeah. like Justin Herbert. And also, that's that catch by Allen. Holy. Yep. That was crazy. And then what? What the Cowboy? What? What's up with them? Yeah, they're all they're they're. Let's offense. talk about the NFC East. The entire it's NFC hilarious. East. 
Yeah, talk about the Cowboys first, Adam, because that NFC East is bad. Not looking good. It's bad. Not looking good at all. There are several teams that have more wins or as many wins combined as the East. The Eagles are winning the division right now at one, two, and one. The NFC East is as a. As a division has three wins total. That's insane. The Bears have three wins. The Packers have three wins. The the Chiefs are three and wins. The Ravens are three wins. Um, the Seahawks are I think they're four and zero now. The Bills are four and zero. I mean, Let, let's run a craziness calibrator on this one, Adam. We haven't brought in the craziness calibrator recently. So our craziness calibrator segment goes: if it's a one on the scale, it means yeah, that'll probably happen. It's most likely to happen. If it's a ten, it means that's a crazy take. What are you even talking about? You're insane. Get off the radio. Don't talk anymore. That's a crazy take. You don't deserve to be talking about this craziness. All right. Let's get into it. Craziness calibrate. The NFC East, the winner of that division, does not finish over 500. And we can stretch this. Let's say a playoff team this year doesn't finish over 500. There's seven teams in the playoffs this year as opposed to six usually. And that's going to continue. But let's say... A team in the playoffs this year does not finish over 500. What is our craziness calibrator there? I'd say it's a four. I or a three. I think it's a, there's a good chance that that happens. I think it's a two. The Even East lower. is so. I mean, we're a quarter way through the season now. That's yep. actually crazy, by the way. The East is so bad. It's hilarious. I mean, there's not a single team in the NFC East that has a positive point differential. That's insane. And it, like the only the only team that's even close to one is t- the Cowboys, who are. And their only win was a comeback win against the Falcons where they needed an onside <laughs> kick to do it, where the well, Falcons should have recovered the onside the kick anyway. Where the Falcons looked like the NFC East trying to win. Uh, where, where the Falcons looked like this photo I saw where the ball was the division title and then the <laughs> NFC East and the players, the Falcons players were the, Cow- the NFC East teams. Yeah. Just, just like looking at it like, who wants it? Yep, exactly. Dumb. Looking at the NFC East, they have some tough matchups this year. Very. Their so the way the schedule falls, you play one you play one division from the NFC, you play one division from the AFC. They're matched up with the AFC North this year, Yikes. which features the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, who finally look like they're putting it all together, and the and Bengals, the, and the Bengals, who are on the lower tier. But hey, they have Joe Burrow this year. Anything can happen. And then they have to play the NFC West, and this is where it gets even tougher. NFC West features the Seahawks, who have Russell Wilson and are letting Russ throw and are really, really good, like always, the Seattle Seahawks. You have the San Francisco 49ers, who were in the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Who are just, they're just injured. Exactly. And they're the last in They're last in that division. Well, so let's get to the other two injuries. teams. The Arizona Cardinals, who made some moves, have a young Kyler Murray, who's developing, and it's developing really well. Despite the last two weeks. With DeAndre weeks. Hopkins. Despite struggling the last two weeks, obviously. It, yeah, yeah. But still a good Cardinals team. Of course. Yep. No doubt. And the Los Angeles Rams, who a couple of years ago were in the Super Bowl and are looking like they might be returning to form this year after having this tough year, tough year last year, but look like they might be back. Those are some really tough schedules for the NFC East, and that's why I don't think it's too crazy to say that the winner of that division will finish under 500. The Eagles already have that tie. I mean, they could go 7-8-1 and one and make the playoffs, I think. I, that That's better than a 7-9 team. That's right with an 8-8 eight and eight team. I, a little below that, I think that's yeah. 100% possible. And then, like, the thing with with um, the Browns, I mean, jeez. 
They went off. I mean, yeah, right. If you're uh, Odell had a bunch of touchdowns, which hurt me in fantasy, even though. <laughs> I they just, started giving Odell carries. They started handing the ball off to Odell. That was a and wacky then he, he, play. Exactly. I deserve, okay. They threw it to him with Jarvis Landry. I don't know what's going on in that Cleveland it, offense. It's working. And then yeah. fantasy, the fantasy thing, fantasy's weird. Like with me for fantasy, I I got I, I got screwed because I went against Odell, but I'm also dumb because I started Michael Thomas a few days ago and yep. then forgot to change my lineup when he wasn't announced out. So I just have, I I have like four a bunch. I have a. I have a Chris Carson on my bench still. Yeah. So I I I'm, I deserve to. I I, okay, sh- I should be winning this game. I deserve. I got 42 points from Kittle and I'm still gonna lose. Adam. Because I'm, I'm a dog. Adam. 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 It's okay. I deserve to lose this. I know. I'm not even mad. <laughs> I deserve this. All right. Let's talk about some games that are happening tonight. We've got two really good ones. Chiefs versus Patriots. A lot of hometown Columbia people are probably happy to be able to see that game still happening this week. I'm happy to see that game still happening this so week. Am I. Cam Newton recently came down with a positive COVID test. So he's out. Spread before Cam Newton was out for that game was seven points. Bumps up to ten and a half, favoring Kansas City without Cam Newton there. Does New England stand a chance in this game, Adam? I think they still do. I think I think I mean, it's a lot more system as always with Bill Belichick than anything else. So I think Brian Hoyer still has a chance to do pretty well Hoyer in that the system. Destroyer. <laughs> hey, he played some games last year. Didn't play terribly. I think the Patriots got a chance. I'm not going to count them out yet. They still have a pretty good defense. That's what you need against the Chiefs. You'd expect them to keep the ball on the ground. They lose the rushing from Cam Newton, but if you're going to beat the Chiefs, what you have to do is keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes, run some clock, and maybe that's what the Patriots will do this week. I don't know. It'll be tough to see how they come out against the Chiefs with Brian Hoyer at the helm. But still, I think they'd still have a chance. I I take the... I, th- I take the New England with the points in, in that one. I don't think this is a blowout by any means at this point. No, I think Chiefs still win, but, like, yeah. And, then, yeah, like you said, though, I'm very happy this is happening because people are talking about, oh, the NFL should shut down. And, look, it's scary, and I think it's a serious thing. Yep. But yeah. The problem was the NFL – people don't realize the NFL's done a really good job with mm-hmm. this. People Like, I mean – the NFL- Major League Baseball could get through its 60-game mess yeah. with having to shut down a whole team for two and a half weeks and a couple other teams for a week or so, then the NFL can get through a 16-week season. And the advantage that the NFL has is that they their games are spread out by weeks. So if one team tests positive, that doesn't necessarily mean another team is going to be infected just because they, they, there's going to be a week in between when they play their next game. So they have a little bit of leeway just with yeah. more time in between these matchups, whereas was with the with baseball, where one team could be in one city one day, in another city the next day, and infecting multiple teams as they're traveling. Luckily, with NFL, that's not the NFL. That's not going to be the yeah. case. So they should be able to handle it okay. It's tougher to move the NFL schedule around because you do need a week between matchups, and you can't just keep adding in bye weeks and you can't play double headers. But still, you're right. I yeah. think the NFL does have an opportunity and, uh, here to finish the season. Yeah, so. and I fully expect that the pay, um, the NFL is going to do what the MLB what MLB did and just develop an idea for a postseason bubble yep. midseason. I could see that. I have a feeling they're going to develop that idea. All right, and then let's talk the second game of the night that starts at 7:50. The Packers and the Falcons going to be the shootout of the century. The I choke think. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> One of the highest. The highest rated matchups in terms of over under points scored in a good long while here. 
I would expect a shootout. This could be a really high-scoring game between these two teams. And if it's a shootout, the Falcons are absolutely not going to win because they have no defense. At least the Packers' defense is like okay. It's <laughs> it decent. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's better it's, than the Falcons. I mean, let's look at this. The Falcons' defense has given up 108 points this yeah. year in three games. That's what 30. Uh, I'm that's bad. a little more than 30 a game. 36, 36 a game. 36 a game, I believe. Yep. Oh, look at me doing math. Uh, Good job, Adam. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, thirty six a game. That's pretty pretty bad. And they also blew a lead to the 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 mighty Bears. Uh, so no, they're 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 gonna lose, which pains me to say, but like they're gonna lose. All right. And I don't know how. I honestly don't know how Dan Quinn survived last week. Yeah, I mean he's, he's had a tough time managing the clock. Very <laughs> very. Like it's the same issue they yep. had in the Super Bowl. Hold on to the lead. It's not hard. Yep. It shouldn't be that difficult. Run the ball. All right, Adam. I think that's all we've got today. We, we just talked for a good 50, 52, 53 minutes straight. So, yeah, yeah unless you got anything else other than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, Woo, hey, hey, you guys know what the G stands for? G stands for Gets. Yes, sir. Jimmy Gets Stacey King. Stacey King. Stacey King. That's Stacey King's thing. We love Stacey King. <laughs> all right. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat going up against the Lakers in the finals. Tomorrow, that, game four. Tomorrow, game four. That's what we talked about all day today. Basically. All right. This has been the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Jack McGrath with Adam Rosen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. We'll be on every Monday at 4. So if you want to hear us again, tune in then. Mondays at 4. We'll be here. This has been the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM.